Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today, it's my great pleasure to welcome Will Foley to the podcast. Will, welcome. Thank you, Jeremy. Excited to be here. I think this is going to be a super geeky podcast, which I love because we're both rev ops and strategy people. Will is the director of revenue operations at Splash. And if you haven't heard of Splash, they're an event marketing platform that enables small teams to scale their event programs. Today, our theme is going to be all around supporting salespeople and sales leaders with process and data. So that is where we're going to geek out. Will, I'd love to get people a chance to get to know you by asking you my favorite question, which is, what is your favorite sales book of all time? And what's one of your key takeaways from the book? First book that comes to mind is The Power of Habit. Not necessarily sales specific. However, the book just spoke to me so deeply about change management. And I think one of the things that operations leaders like myself commonly don't always think about the people involved in processes. And the power of habit really enlightened me on the idiosyncrasies of the human body and how we can reinforce change management through just simple habit exercises. So that's something I took away from the book and it's super simple and super powerful. You know, it's beginning of the year for you. You're rolling out some new initiatives. And, you know, one of your big new initiatives is a new sales framework or methodology. Can you share what your eval process was and why you decided to bring a new framework into Splash? When it comes to sales methodology, it's never something that comes directly out as something you need. I think it comes out in a few different ways. So no one is sitting here and going, ah, oh, darn, I wish we had you know, a really good sales framework. It usually comes out in ways that might feel familiar to a lot of people. Hey, you know, I just don't understand, you know, why we lost this deal. They were really engaged and they were really personable. And I just don't understand. Another example would be, hey, it, it feels like we're spending a lot of time and energy on managing our pipeline, and it just seems like things can be easier. These symptoms are never very closely tied to sales framework, and the one that we chose Value selling is really, really exciting. And the reason that we landed on value selling is we took the buyer personas in mind. One of the things that value selling does really well is that it puts the sales rep in this instance, as well as your BDRs and, and CSMs, they put you as a subject matter expert in buying software. You are guiding that user who might not have purchased software in their life or do it infrequently and turns that situation into, hey, I do this all the time. Here's how I'm going to help you along the way. And these are the things that I'm going to work to drive value for you. So it just made a lot of sense for us because that's exactly how I want to be treated in those situations. People may not realize like value selling is a phrase, but it is also a company that provides methodologies, value selling associates. And they've evolved over time. Like it sounds like they've integrated elements of, you know, what Challenger is famous for, which is to have that AE or SDR as subject matter expert who advises the customer. 
I think it has been evolving a lot where the framework is not only what your reps are doing with the prospects, but how we're capturing that information and data that goes to support that, that goes into inspecting that, that goes into rolling it up to the highest level, to the sales manager, to director, to VP, to your CRO, to the CEO and board and impact that value selling can provide. Like anything that you're rolling out, measuring the impact in a quantifiable way uh, is going to really drive a lot of value for the business, as well as providing value to our prospects and customers. So I'm very excited to really take this social value selling concept and operationalizing it and supporting our reps that reinforce that process all while they are providing valuable information that rolls up in a quantifiable way to key stakeholders internally. I'm going to throw a naive question at you. Imagine that you are you know, one of the sales leaders in your organization. And this leader objects to a new methodology by saying, look, my reps are closing the deals. I do whatever deal reviews or pipeline reviews offline. And, you know, it's working. I don't want to spend extra time on what they might view as bureaucracy and Salesforce data entry. Well, what's your response to that? I think there's a few different ways to handle that situation, and it's very, very common. And the different ways that I would handle that is really dependent on that individual's personality, but also their communication style, motives, and interests. Two personas really come to mind. Maybe a, uh, let's say, lone wolf seller loves to have the freedom of doing the things that then result in very good results. And my response to that lone wolf is that's excellent. Their motivations is to be an individual that can use their talents and then add the color into their process. They want the ability to do what they want to do. And so value selling can fit into that And there's a lot of motivation behind that. That individual wants to do well and wants their own ability to determine that path. But ultimately, they want to do well. And that's the key. If you can tap into their motivation to do well, it can be a very easy conversation that translates into, hey, you still have the ultimate flexibility to determine what you say and when. But this is going to be a framework that allows you to do even better than you are. Let's go. The second persona that comes to mind is someone that maybe is more junior and is maybe a comfort individual that just got used to selling and now they need to learn something new. And so there's this comfort challenge with value selling. And I think that's where a lot of grooming techniques case studies, as well as really smart change management, and it goes back to the power of habits, can really infuse a successful, maybe detractor into maybe a neutral. I don't think that we'd turn them into someone that would be a promoter at this point, but if we can just change their perspective a little bit at a time, over time, we will 
definitely be able to get the value out of value selling for that type of individual. You know, you get an enterprise sales leader in a room and you get the SMB sales leader in the room and the enterprise sales leader says like, this doesn't have enough detail. And then the SMB sales leader says, this is just too much detail because the velocity is so much higher and I don't need to capture all this information. For you guys, I would assume you're selling both to larger enterprises as well as to smaller SMB teams. I wonder if you've run into that objection. 100%. And I think that's okay. I think that value selling frameworks need to be adjusted for the different sales processes that exist between small, medium, and large deals. So I think the biggest challenge is when a single rep is managing small, medium, and large deals, and the behavior that they have to take on those deals is different. And so it's just another thing that that rep has to keep in mind. Hey, do I have to fill out this section? Do I have to do those things for deals that are less than 15, 50, or 100K or bigger? And that's where operations comes in. Making it simple enough to know, hey, on this sales motion, you are only required to fill out these types of questions or processes. And it gets back to the importance of reinforcing solid operations through the sales process that eliminate the decision-making process of the sales team that don't add a lot of value to the customer or the business that just eliminates mental weight on those sellers. And that's where guided selling and different workflows for those different sales motions comes into play. Really tactical on the workflow side. Let's say that you're looking at an opportunity in CRM. You might, I guess, based on the profile of the seller, show a richer opportunity set of criteria fields for the enterprise salesperson and maybe a lightweight version for the SMB salesperson. Exactly. And you've prefaced this to the listeners out there that we'd get super technical. So with anything in Salesforce, which is the CRM that I prefer, there's so many ways that you can handle this. You could potentially use uh, different record types to keep it super clean and tight. You could have different inputs that only show up based on certain criteria that is entered through the qualification and discovery process using visual force pages. CPQ is something that we are rolling out with guided selling. The solution is endless with the possibility, which leads me to kind of just throw out there that you got to keep the seller's process in mind as well as the customer's process and making it super easy and tailored for that specific use case will be key to determine which solution will work best for you. So I'm wondering for you guys, what are you doing to ensure that this is not a flash in the pan to make sure that it's something that truly sticks, that all sales leaders and all salespeople are actually adhering to it? What, what are you doing you know, across people, process, and technology? Maybe start with the people piece first. The people part is definitely where I think a majority of the time and energy, when I think about the process and the technology, that's definitely the fun side of things for me. And I would be as bold as saying the easy part. 
when I think about the people side, it goes back to your earlier conversation. How do you handle, you know, certain reps that say, you know, I'm doing well. And so I think there's a very simple approach. You value sell your reps on how this process can improve your process and help you achieve your goals. And so from a change management perspective, we are leading with the people side of it. So we have within our revenue kickoff started laying out that these things are going to come. So we've made everyone aware. We are going to bring people into the committee to help organize it so that we're building collaboration and we're building with including the reps into the process, which definitely reinforces the process. And then when we roll out the training, we're going to time it really, really well within our cyclical sales process to a time that really can be dedicated to training. And then what we're going to do is once we roll it out, we are going to support it with operational inputs that reinforce the process, making it super easy. And this is where we would transition into kind of the process and technology side, where we are going to be capturing numbers that roll up to individual stakeholders, CRO, VP of sales, and managers, and reinforce it at a one-on-one weekly recaps on our dashboards, in our sales dens, and creating metrics that are visible and out there for everyone to know how individuals as well as the team is performing to adhering to that process. And so it's a all-encompassing, all-hands-on-deck approach that we think is going to pay off in huge efficiency gains and in some really powerful moves for us here at Splash. In the qualified prospect formula value, right, there's a component to capture business value as well as personal value. How are you going to capture that? Where are you going to capture that information? So the way that we are thinking about it here at Splash is that Value is different for every individual. And so we are thinking about capturing the value of every single stakeholder on the opportunity, the contact specifically. And so when we think about an inspection point, we are thinking about not only putting in free text fields, but some type of weighting system that says this is intimate knowledge that we know about this individual's perspective on the value of the product to them so that it can be quantifiable so that we can then create very easily visible metrics that tell us the process adherence and the estimated value scope that RAE has captured for each contact on that deal. And one of those changes, Jeremy, that you have kind of hinted at over the years with value selling is that there's technologies that support that. So we're also evaluating managed packages in Salesforce that capture that information and do what I just mentioned. There's a reluctance of sales managers to use Salesforce opportunity, you know, that view to do a deal review. 
I was thinking this week about why is that, and what struck me is that the way that an opportunity record is typically displayed is by stage, which makes a lot of sense, right? Because if you're a salesperson, you need to get a deal from stage to stage. You want to think about what are the things I need to complete at this stage to proceed. If you contrast that with how a deal review is conducted, you tend to do the deal review in like qualification category or framework or methodology, whatever language you want to use, groups. So if we take the value selling approach with their value prompter framework, take one of the P's, they have two P's, power and plans. So let's take power, which would be authority and bant or anim. I think when people do deal reviews, the problem with the layout by stage is that the power elements are spread out across all the stages. And one really wants to be able to review like what's going on. So I'm wondering how you're planning to attack that issue, because I would assume your sales force is also laid out by stage. It is a well-known challenge that we need to solve for, because when I think about the customer experience, the conversation, the face-to-face, the video calls and just simple phone calls or emails don't always follow that linear path. And I think that's where the biggest challenge comes from, is that in a natural conversation, you're going to let your prospect or customer really, you know, open up and share. And the information isn't going to follow the sales process. It's going to follow the human emotion that they have at that time. That, I think, is my interpretation of the challenges that you just mentioned. And some of the ways that we're thinking about tackling those challenges is that from a deal review, we want to really make it easy to understand all of the complexities of a deal in a very red, yellow, green perspective. So I think simplifying the output of all of those things that you need to take into consideration. Did you fill out the power? Do you know the authority? There is this whole issue around, it used to be framed as, do you have the machine do this or do you have the person do this? But I think the new thing that's emerging, which makes a lot of sense, is like machine-assisted right? So for example, let's say I'm a rep and you're asking me to call my month or my quarter. It would be really useful for me to like, tell me what the machine thinks. And then I can override that with my judgment. People might object that human judgment only screws up those estimates, but I think the machine assisted concept is probably the next phase. I 100% am on the human assisted approach. The combination of the two is the key. And you know, to your comment of introducing the human is going to screw up the forecast potentially. And I would argue you'd get more buy-in from the actual user if you had just the ability to, regardless if they do, the ability to make their own calls is super powerful. People do want to get in touch with you to get other epiphanies like you just gave me and or learn more about Splash. What's the best way to do those two things? Learning about Splash, splashthat.com. For business, also contact us at sales at splashthat.com. And you can, of course, reach out to me via LinkedIn, Will Foley, as well as my email here at splash, will.foley, F-O-L-E-Y, at splashthat.com. Happy to chat. Once again, I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Laura Hall is our executive producer. Our artwork is by Greg Klingshern. 
This episode was edited by Peter Lopinto. Subscribe to us on your favorite app to learn more immediately actionable best practices from our awesome guests. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.